Testing, testing, one, two, three. Testing, testing, one, two, three. You are now listening to the Backlook Cinema Podcast with Zach and Zone. Thank you for joining us as we talk about the movies of yesteryear. You can reach us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter by searching for Backlook Cinema. Check our show notes for more info. And now, let's get it in. Hi, this is Zach. And this is Zoan. Welcome to the 15th episode of the Backlook Cinema Podcast. The podcast where we look, we take a look back at the movies of yesteryear. And the reason we started this podcast was to strengthen the bond between father and son. What happens here on this year's show is I watch movies that I love when I was growing up and I share them with my boy and get his take on it, his Gen Z look at the situation. And this is a very special episode because we're going to get an actual millennial look at the special episode. We're going to have a very special guest to join us give her, to give us her insight on the movie Zachary's own sister, Lori. That's right, folks. We got a first guest on the show, a very own family member. Now, uh, like I said, Zach is, all, uh, you know, the, the prime co-host over here. He's going to give us his uh, take on the movie. And what else you want to share with the people? You can get t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, face masks, and a bunch of other items at our website, backlookcinema.com. Also at backlookcinema.com, you can leave us direct feedback, comments, suggestions, etc. We have a new email address, as I mentioned for the past maybe couple of podcasts. It's fanmail at backlookcinema.com. And please, if you like our show, then rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app that you might be using. So, what you been up to? Nothing. <laughs> the same nothing. The same nothing. So the same games? Yes. The same, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, shows? Yeah. What, what shows you be, do you be watching? I don't Amazing think... Water, Gumball, Family Guy, stuff like that. So you never tell anybody on the podcast who listens the shows that you be watching. Yeah. Oh, okay, so now they know. Yeah. Oh, okay. So are these reruns or are these new episodes? Reruns. Oh, okay. Wow. Huh, it, it, this uh, season is rough, huh? Did, are they planning any new episodes? For Gumball? No. For Family Guy, I think so, since they replaced uh, Cleveland's voice actor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had to uh they had to do that. Uh so um uh why don't we swing it over to Lori. Lori, what what have you been up to lately? Um, school and um I was up here well I'm up here T D Y that ended on Friday, so I'm just visiting seventeen y'all what in a year? Right. Because of the Rona. Right. But other than that I just been up to like school. Working in church. All right, that's what I'm talking about. And uh, I've just been uh, I just been working. Uh, just oh, I just noticed your Mega Man shirt. Is that Mega Man? Kenny Omega. What? The wrestler name is Kenny Omega, and it's a Mega Man theme shirt. Oh, okay, okay. Cause I, yeah, cause I'm not familiar with. Well, I am familiar with Kenny Omega, but I can't. I know the name, but I can't picture what he looks like in my head. But I know this Bullet Man, and then I was like, "Wait a minute, these are all man. Where's Leaf Man at?" <laughs> so anyway, they're basically reference to the things he done. Bullet Man is reference to him being in the Bullet Club. 
so what, what promotion he's in now? AEW, but right now they're doing this thing where they're doing a cross promotion where Impact Wrestling, where Kenny Omega is the AEW World Champion, and he ran off to Impact Wrestling to be with his buddies Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. Oh, that's that's cute. The, the things these little promotions are doing, they getting together, doing uh, crossovers and team ups, doing some nerd stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know wrestlers are just a bunch of big muscular nerds. So, <laughs> uh, what was the thing I was gonna mention? Oh, um, so I finally finished listening to 2001: Space Odyssey before uh my membership with Audible ended, and it, it was it was pretty interesting. It was I finally finished it. It felt good to finish it. I I feel like I I really understand what the movie was trying to tell me because the movie was I never like I said I never actually watched the whole movie from beginning to end just pieces of it and the pieces that I watched didn't make any sense so I was like ah let me let me go through the book and see what that's about <laughs> so so I finally did I, I feel fulfilled now I feel like I got all the information I got I can move on with my life knowing uh the whole deal with uh so in the end of 2001 you got the man they, they discovered this black monolith is one lone astronaut after the computer killed all of the astronauts and he killed the computer. So it was just him all by himself with no hope of ever going back to Earth again. And then they discover a monolith, a monolith on one of the moons surrounding uh, Saturn. And so he goes into the monolith and the monolith turns out to a scar gate, goes into another portion of the galaxy or the universe, who knows, ends up in a star, becomes a star child. It's it's a whole thing. It's a, but But I understand it. And that is what's important. Also, uh, I did some drawings, and uh, and that 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 was it. That was the whole thing. That 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 book and some drawings, and then a few podcasts that I listened to. Uh, actually, I'm lying. I listen to a lot of podcasts. It's a problem. It's like an addiction to podcasts. That's that's what that's what's going on here. So you you was gonna say something? No, not at all. Oh, okay, because I see you was hovering towards the microphone, and you was gonna say something. I was going to say something. What's that? I was going to make a correction when you introduced him as a, a what it, Gen, Gen Z. Yeah, he's, a, he's a baby millennial because he's the tail end. Okay. I'm an older millennial. <laughs> You're the exact right age millennial. Yeah. Guess what? I'll be 38 on Friday. So right. I'm like the old, old millennial. But he's a baby millennial. If we would have had Chris in here now, he's a Gen Z. Well, see, he was born in 1996, and according to the charts, between 1996 and earlier is Gen Z, and then 1996 what and later. At? I don't know yeah, some chart. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't matter. It's okay. He can be a baby He's millennial. A baby millennial. <laughs> Gen Z is in the living room. Right, right, right. So he said it was okay. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, speaking of okay. What movie did we uh, take a look at? The Last Dragon. The Last Dragon. See, people like you thinking they the Last Dragon give people like me a bad name. Uh-huh. <laughs> you proud of yourself with that? Yes, I am proud. Of course you are. Yes, I am proud. I love that. I love that so much. So uh, tell us about The Last Dragon. All right. In New York, a young man searches for the master to obtain the final level of master, martial arts, mastery known, for, known as the glow, 
Along the way, he fights a martial artist expert, com uh, corrupts with power, and rescues a beautiful singer from an obsessed music promotion promotioner. Okay, that was sent by Akil at ulink for berkeley.edu. Okay, um, your reading skills are getting better. Uh -huh. I am going to make you a master reader out of you if it kills me. You need help. <laughs> you need a psychiatrist. So this this movie was released March 22nd, 1985 by TriStar. It grossed over $26,765,284 on a $10 million budget. It actually made twice as money back. It, it did well. For a movie that that's well, it's not fantastic, but it's well. Some people might, they almost call it a flop, but I say they did pretty good. And, and uh, it received poor reviews from the professionals. Now, us regular folks, we loved it. With the professionals, like, uh, this movie's hot garbage. And you know what? They're not that wrong. They're not that wrong. Uh, uh, you know, they, it. Uh, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll get on the, into it. And then I'll talk about why, why they're kind of wrong. So, uh, this movie was starring, uh, and you're going to help me with this section because it was a lot. Yeah, I, I had see. to I had to add some stuff because it was like, oh my God, I got to get into it. So this movie stars Time Mark as Leroy Green, a.k.a. Bruce Leroy. This is his very first movie. Uh, hold on. Lori, why don't you tell about it, his acting? It left a lot to be desired. Yeah. Basically, it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. He had to carry the load of the movie, and then he had to put on layers of uh of his character, and I, and I'll get into that. But uh, when you're growing up in 1980s, and you're like, I don't know, 12, 13, 12, what, uh, you know, somewhere somewhere around there, uh, it it looks great. It looks like great acting. Yeah, for you. <laughs> I was two when this movie came out. So, yeah. Okay. So, anyways, uh, also starring uh, Vanity as Laura Childs. She, uh, she's, uh, um, oh, she was the lead singer of Vanity 6, and her greatest hit was Nasty Girl. She also starred in Action Jackson. Uh, she was born in 1959 and passed away at 2016. Uh, what I remember from her later in life that she kind of left the entertainment business and became a pastor. But uh, and I also remember that she's one of Prince's proteges, you know, uh, along with like Sheena Easton and uh and 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 those folks. But uh, <laughs> yeah, she was, yeah, Apollonia. That is exactly right. And the funny thing is that uh, yeah, she she was the bee's knees when we was going. All the boys wanted to get with Vanity. So the character she plays in the movie was kind of like our attitude towards her in real life. Also, uh, Christopher Mooney, uh, he played Eddie Arcadian. And uh, he's acted in a bunch of different stuff, but he's also uh, a voice actor. He's been in uh, Red Dead Revolver, Red Dead Redemption, Grand Theft Auto, Vice City Stories. And then there's also Julius Carey. He played Shonuff. Uh, also, if I sound a little funny, it's because I'm wearing a mask. Long story besides that. But <laughs> he, let's get back to Julius Carey. Uh, he was uh, also known as a... Uh, co-lead in The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. with Bruce Campbell. He's also in Boy Meets World. And I was surprised to learn that he had passed away. He was born in uh, 1952 and passed away in 2008. It's finding out that he had passed away all the way back in 2008, even before Vanity passed away, it's like finding out 
that some long lost friend or relative and passed away. It's like you go home, it's like, yeah, man, let, let's go talk to Charles. I'm to Charles. Like, oh man, Charles passed away, man. It's like, Charles passed away? Man, I ain't seen that known in a long time. Charles passed away. That, that's how I felt when I read this. Why are your voice so happy? Because that's how you talk. <laughs> That's how you talk when you find out somebody passed away. It's like you ain't know. Like, da, da, da. be talking like that. But like, true, I didn't know he passed away until I um Googled it today. So right, yeah, I was right. like, yeah. <laughs> Right, right. That's like with Billy Graham. I had been thought he was dead before he right. was dead. So it's kind of the opposite. Right, right, right. Uh also uh Faith Prince played Angela Verico. Uh that was the the chick, the, the, little, the chick with the crazy head, the singer. The singer that Eddie Arcading was trying to promote. And she's been on Spin City, uh, Drop Dead Cheetah, Drop Dead Diva. Uh, this is basically the only actor in the film. It was like, well, there are a couple of other people. But she was she was one of the main ones. Uh, and um, she, she's been continuously acting over the years, mostly in television shows. And there's also uh, Leo O'Brien, who played... Richie Green, uh, that was oh, I was supposed to let you. Yeah, I know. My I, was, bad. Yeah. I was just running off with the mouth. I can tell you. It was so all used yellow. I was like, oh my god, I forgot because I'm so used to doing this. But anyway, uh, so anyway, Richie Green, he was uh, he's actually the little brother of one of the famous rappers that I didn't write down because I was like, I just I was like, that's nobody knows who these people are. Anyway, so also, uh, Mike Starr, uh, he starred as Rock. Uh, he's he's the other actor that I wanted to point out. Somebody who's actually acting. Uh, he was in uh, Mr. Mercedes, which I really wanted to watch, but it was on an obscure TV network that nobody has in this area, so I didn't get to watch it. I think Who's was acquired, so I got to check them out. But I was like, oh man, Mr. Mercedes. Uh, also, he was in Dumb and Dumber and Ed Woods, and also he's been in a bunch of TV shows. Uh, Rock was the main bodyguard for Eddie Arcadian, the guy, the big dude with the big evil fish, whatever that animal was. <laughs> uh, Jim Moody, uh, he was on DC Cab, Fame, and New York Undercover. Um, I didn't even put the person he played. Uh, I think that was... Um, he was Leroy Green Sr. I think that's the, the role he played. Uh, Glenn Eaton, uh, he played Johnny Yu. That, that's the, uh, the dude... That mastered all the fighting without knowing how to fight. <laughs> then you have Ernie Reyes Jr., known as Ty. He was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Secret of the Ooze, and The Rundown. Yeah, so do you recognize uh, Eddie Reyes Jr.? No. Eddie Reyes Jr. was a little kid in okay. the fight at the end um, of the movie. Yeah, okay, I know what you're talking about. All right, so now you're trying to figure out who you played in The Rundown. Yeah. You remember The Rundown, right? No. You, you I don't, don't remember the rundown, and I don't remember the other Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No. Okay, I didn't expect you to remember that one, but uh -huh. the rundown was The Rock. The Rock was in that movie, and he went into the jungle. Remember that? He was supposed to... I forgot. He was supposed to find something. Did you see The Rock, Lord? I mean, you see The Rundown. Um, no. Oh, okay. I don't be watching the movies y'all be watching. Okay. I just so happened to watch this because I was... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, in that movie, The Rock plays... Uh, like a enforcer or a bounty hunter, something like that, for like the mob or whatever. Right. And he has to go and find this dude or woman or somebody, and he has to bring. He has to find this mobster's son and bring him in, and that was supposed to be his last job. So he, not Kevin Hart. No. It's with that. It's with that dude with uh, 
Oh shoot! I almost know. I almost know it. I almost. I almost have it. Uh, the dude that was in American Pie, Springer or Springer, Sprinkly. I can't remember. Anyways, I think I remember the rundown. Right. I remember they had a fight in the jungle. Yeah, they had to fight in the jungle. Okay. Yeah. And then it was caught up on swings. Yep. You know that part. Yep. So the guy that yep. the Rock was fighting on sprint on the swings. That was Eddie Reyes Jr. Oh. It took a long way to get there, huh? <laughs> Eddie Reyes Jr. has been in a lot of stuff, but that uh that that was the thing that I remember him most when he was in that movie. Uh, uh, Easter Mero, who was in who was known as Mama Green. Yeah, she played the mama. Uh she her that that was a trip when she was uh trying to fight Shogun, so that was fun. And Oh, go ahead, Lori. So I was look like I said as the movie was going, I was you know googling Wikipedia. Apparently, Keisha Knight Pulliam was in there somewhere as a little sister, but mm-hmm. I've never seen her. And, oh, yeah, you seen her? Yeah, no, she didn't see her in the movie because at the time you were on your phone. Oh, well, that's, <laughs> I didn't see her. <laughs> but she was in there, little Rudy. Right, right. Yeah, she played as Sophia Green, Keisha Knight Pullman. Uh, yeah, yeah, Pulliam. And yeah, she was the little sister at the dinner table eating. Right. So the they breakfast. were eating at the dinner table near the beginning of the movie in the first act. And uh, she had like three different names. Like her father, like her brother called her one name, uh, Lotus Blossom. And then her father called her something else. And her mama called her something else. <laughs> and her brother called her, she's going to be confused. But she was like a baby when she was in that movie. So you don't, she's only in the beginning and she's basically a baby, but she looks like, cause I was going to tap. Wikipedia she, gave her credit. Though, right, right. Oh so. well, yeah. You, you're going to get credit cause she's an actor in a, in a film. So she got, she you know got what I'm credit. saying is as far as like one of the main actors that like, we list her early on. Right, right. Yeah. Wikipedia did that. I guess cause she's famous, but she's, she's listed out of order because she's only in there for like a minute. It's more like a blink, of, blink or you miss it. I was going to tap you and let you know that she was on the screen, but I ain't, I didn't know what she was doing over there. <laughs> I was watching another show. <laughs> oh, I figured that. Uh, this movie was directed by Michael Schultz. Don't know that name. Wasn't paying attention to the director's name at the time, but as it turns out, he's a prolific director. He directed some of the greatest movies for the black culture, especially in the early years, in the 80s. So he directed Cooley High, Car Wash, Crust Groove. I don't know why Lewis is there. I must have been typing something funny, and Grease Lightning, uh, which is a true story about Wendell Scott, who's the first black stock car driver to win an upper-tier NASCAR race. And I remember listening to somebody on the news talking about Wendell Scott. I think it was like Wendell Scott's uh, like descendant that was talking about Wendell Scott or something. That's the only reason I know that name. Uh, I hadn't seen any of his movies except for maybe Crush Groove and... Uh, if you thought that, uh, if you thought this movie was cheesy, <laughs> Crust Groove is just like an extra layer of cheese. Yeah, but I've seen some of that, and yes, it's cheesy and corny as well. But right. It's also a black cult classic. Right. Uh, it is. All of these are black cult classic, and this movie, The Last Dragon. <laughs> it was written by Louis Venosta. Uh, they had music by Misha. Seagal. Now, there was very little of that you heard of Misha Seagal. For mostly, uh, they played music from the soundtrack. So they had uh, The Last Dragon, the main theme by Dwight Davis. I just get hyped when I hear that song. And then they have The Glow by Willie Hutch. And I get extra hyped when I hear that song. <laughs> and also, it had a top 10 Billboard hit in the movie, Rhythm of the Night. Now, I'm not exactly sure if it was made specifically for this movie 
or if uh, the movie, the song was already out and the movie just licensed the song. But at any rate, it was a uh, top three on Billboard's uh, music chart. You can never go wrong with the barge. No, you cannot. And you saw the barge in the film, Zachary. Who did the barge remind you of? No, what you actually like? You expect <laughs> me to remember this stuff on scene? No. Oh, wait, the, remember uh, they played the song "The Rhythm of the Night" to the beat of the rhythm oh, of that. the no. night. No, you're so, talking about you're talking the, the about singer that on this on this uh-huh. video screen. Yeah. So who do you remind you of? Tell me that movie that we watched that I was like, no, not you... not the movie. What person did that man remind you of? I can't shoot. It kind of reminds me of Michael Jackson. Oh, that. <laughs> he was. He That's was. a reach. No, it is not a reach. That, is a that reach. dude, the barge, the group is a Michael Jackson clone. All five of them. No, they're actually no. one of them actually I mean, married Janet be, Jackson. Just because they're a family, and he can sing, but like it's no. Are you I'm talking, talking about, about the looks or like the, his looks and his singing style. Nah, yeah. maybe oh, Michael Jackson, like when he when the vitiligo started getting to him, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Similar, but not quite. I mean, I'm not saying that he's the same as Michael Jackson, but when you look at him, you you think you think Prince, the Barnes Michael Jackson. Right. That was it. Prince Prince. is right. Prince is another one. Prince, the Barnes Michael Jackson. It's like they it's they're kind of similar. They don't sing the same type of music. They they don't have the same style. But when you kind of look at them, it's like yep. Kind of similar. It's like they had their own little thing going. Nobody looked. Cl- and it, I, actually, you could say that they kind of got their styles to some of the earlier stars like uh, Smokey Robinson or maybe even James Brown kind of filtered through there. But yeah, that, that's kind of what I see when I look at those guys. Also, uh, Stevie Wonder, they played a piece of his song, Upset Stomach. Also, one of my favorite songs. I can just picture myself driving in the car just putting that song. Putting that song on. I just love that song. Uh, I almost know the words. That's how much I love that song. And so, and the reason we have such, uh, while this mu- this movie was musically focused, the, the reason why it was so musically focused is because it was produced by Barry Gordy. Barry Gordy was a man. Barry Gordy is black culture, especially in the 80s, uh, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Barry Gordy was the founder of Motown Records. And for a time, which was for the time one of the highest earning African American businesses. He uh, wrote and co-produced "Shop Around," "Do You Love Me," and "I Want You Back." ABC. He produced and signed such acts as The Miracles, The Supreme, Marvin Gaye, The Temptations, The Four Tops, Gladys Knight and the Pips, and Stevie Wonder. It's just like some of the best musicians of our time. So that was very good. Skip over Jackson Five in there. I mean, I'm pretty sure he did, but I mentioned the Jackson 5 song. He actually wrote uh, ABC and I Want You Back, so I'm pretty sure he did that for the Jackson 5. I'm just trying to mix it up a bit. <laughs> trying to, I'm trying to include everybody. I don't want to go rambling on and on. <laughs> gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> but yes, uh, the Jackson 5. Uh, he was inducted in a Rock and Roll Hall of, F- Hall of Fame in 1988. So uh, that is the rundown of the movie. Get all that done? All right. So <laughs> we're going to take a short commercial break. We'll be right back to talk about our favorite parts of the movie, some movie trivia, and find out what some of the critics thought. Friends, there's a beverage coming up of the horizons that's going to give you that sweet, full-body taste you've always wanted. It's got that caffeine that'll put a pep in your step. 
It's got that flavor that'll make your mouth go pop. It's got that sweetness that'll make you forego all other refreshments. That's right, folks. We're talking about Nuka Cola that's being developed in our lives right now. Our focus groups have determined that Nuka Cola is the greatest soft drink ever developed. And with an excessive amount of caffeine and 120%, the recommended daily amount of sugar, Nuka Cola is guaranteed to keep you awake for your late night gaming sessions. This amazingly delicious and refreshing drink, whether served ice cold, lukewarm, or hot out of the microwave, is perfect for those overnight drives from New York City to Denver, Colorado. Nuka Cola will go perfectly with everything from medium steak and potatoes to cheesecake and popcorn. It's great for all occasions from bar mitzvahs to funerals. It's yummy for all ages from premature babies to your 101 year old grandma. That's right folks, Nuka Cola is on its way and it's the greatest soft drink that you've ever tried. Nuka Cola. It just tastes good, 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 good. And we're back. We are back here at the Backlook Center of a Podcast. Thank you for joining us once again. And we're going to talk about our favorite parts of the movie. We got, we're going to have Mike's take, we're going to have Zachary's take, we're going to have Lori's take. What, who wants to go first? I go first. It's like the end of the movie. That's the best part. Well, you know, all the fights happening. Yes. <laughs> of course, that would be your favorite part. No, not, nothing specific that you can point to. Just, yeah, just all just, the, just the just that one point. All the That's kung it. fu action that was taking place. Yeah. Uh, so not nothing, none of the humor in the yeah. middle of the movie. Yeah, you know, I will pick a humor where uh, Johnny acts like he can fight, but he can't really fight, right? Because he took the mastery of not fighting, right? <laughs> that that was that which was really is cute. a bunch of nonsense <laughs> and how you get beat. Right, right, right. Uh, so what what did you think of uh? the acting or the the music or whatever else is going on. I mean, everyone's acting was okay except for the main lead. It yeah, was yeah. very awkward. Right, right, right. I'll explain that later. Hey, go go on. What do you mean go on? That was a that, that was it. That yeah. was it. <laughs> so so your favorite part of the movie, just the fighting. Yeah. Okay, okay. What what anything about story or anything at all? No. Oh no no no. Okay, no. okay. The story is like eh <laughs> it feels like it was gonna be two different stories. That's what it felt like, but it was like, oh no, this is actually one entire story. This is very confusing. So, what was the two stories that you saw? So, first story is like, you know, you have one guy who basically claims to be the best, and he doesn't like how someone else is being claimed that is the best, so he goes to bully him. And then you have the other story, which is basically you have a girl who's a singer having this show, and she's being threatened to play this video she does not want to play. Right. And I'm like, are these two stories gonna like combine something or is that's, this, pretty, that's pretty good insight. I like that. Split apart. Right, right, right. Uh, that's pretty good. And that uh, you, you have, you have uh, looked at and found the A and B story of the movie, and, and that's that's some pretty good insight. All right, Lauren, what what was uh, what you like about the movie? Oh, what were your thoughts? I should say. Yeah, my thoughts, because that <laughs> movie's not like my favorite. Well, um, I, I don't expect it to be your favorite, but I expect you to. From what I was looking at, what I was done watching my other show and really paying attention now, the part I did like was was a Mama Green. They should have let her fight because she <laughs> wasn't having that when he was coming in there messing up her stuff, you know. Right. So that when it was you know comical. So yeah, now the acting again. Horrible, not just for the main lead, but everybody was. And like you said, the two stories, and it kind of was like three stories because it was like um, the girl and the you no, know, not wanting to play the raggedy video, 
And then it was, you know, show enough, you know, trying to bully Leroy um, Green. And then it was also like Leroy Green trying to, um, I guess, find this, what he's the master or something, whatever he was trying to find out, whatever the, he was trying to find the master to get whatever he was trying to get. So you had all that going into, I guess, one big thing. And they kind of combined it at the at the end. So yeah. Right, right, right. So so that, so uh, how how you feel? How do you view the movie? You read favorably, disfavorably? I mean, if you want, you don't have to like this movie now. No, if you want to get a laugh, you know, <laughs> it's gonna give you a laugh. But it's like, as it, you know, I don't. I get why it's a cult classic, but it, because I don't really like those kind of movies, it won't be something that. I watch often, but it will be something I watch for the culture. Say, hey, I watched it. I know what it's about. And, you know, I don't want my black card taken away. So when someone say, have you watched The Last Dragon? Yeah, I've seen I can take what it's about, but it's not like I'm going to go, like it's coming to America, like I'm going to watch it over and over and over again. So, yeah. Yeah. The movie you needed to see was the movie we did a couple weeks ago, uh, A Soldier Story. So that would have been your movie. But... (laughs) Well, what... A soldier story was uh, I forgot the dude's name already. Is it because I'm a soldier? Or no, no, okay. no. Like, I've seen this movie before. <laughs> it's a it's a very serious drama. It's like no, actually, it's a uh, it's a it's a, a murder mystery, but it takes place on an army base. So there was a, a sergeant. Uh, he was actually a master sergeant. It was a master sergeant that nobody liked. Everybody hated, uh, and he gets murdered. So they try to figure out who murdered him, and so it has some outstanding acting in it. Uh, with uh, as a matter of fact, the guy that played the the mean sergeant, he was actually nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor, but he didn't win because racism. Yeah. So. <laughs> Got you. And uh, it, it, this movie was up for a bunch of awards. It was it was a great. It was actually based in a play. The guy that wrote the play also wrote the movie, so it was it was just a marvelous show. But that would have been your movie. But getting back to this movie, now, <laughs> what I will say is this. Besides of the, you know, the acting aside, because actually, you know, movies of that time in the 80s, especially starring a lot of black folks like that, you know, that was the kind of acting you got. Yeah, sometimes. So, sometimes you got that. You, yeah, especially <laughs> like with that, and like you said, was it Crush um, crush Groove? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so yeah, that's yeah. the kind of acting you got. So, you know, it, it was it was expected. But the music, because, you know, I love music. The music... Was the best thing of the movie for me. Right, right, right. Uh, the music did make this movie. Yes. Yeah, that is correct. So uh, I'm just going to say, uh, this is one of my favorite movies growing up. When I saw the trailer for this movie, I got super hyped. But naturally, being poor uh, and, you know, not many of the adults in my family being like movie aficionados, uh just no, we had to wait for that joint to come on video cassette. <laughs> I was so excited. It's like it's uh so me, uh my brothers, my cousins, we all love this movie. Uh because uh we all love Kung Fu. See the, the thing about this movie, it's uh it's basically uh the black people's uh well it's kind of showcases black people's love for uh like kung fu movies and Asian culture in general. So they embody that in their main character, Leroy Green. AKA, oh my God, why are we doing this? My my phone just spoke up for no reason. <laughs> so anyway. Telling you you're long-winded. <laughs> right, right. 
so so anyway, um, it, it's uh, it they embodied that in the character of Leroy Green, aka Bruce Leroy, who's uh basically a black person trying to incorporate or uh uh embody Asian culture. You know, he tugs kung fu, he eats with chopsticks, he wears Asian clothes. He's like going full hog on a, on like, Asian culture stereotype. Yeah, I forgot. He's actually appropriating Asian yes, culture. That, that, yes, appropriating. <laughs> that, that's what we call it. That's how we would call it today. But, uh, you know, back then we didn't really see anything wrong with it, except for the fact that, like, nobody in living acts like that. It's like, just, we, we wouldn't look at that and, and say, uh, we just didn't see that in everyday life. But see, the thing it's is... It's like satire. Uh, almost. But here's the thing, though. Um you had mentioned how bad his acting was. For one, this is his first movie. He is not an actor. No previous acting experience. So this is not something that uh, that he's good at. So it's so, basically for his looks and because he was into martial arts already. Yeah, it's basically for his looks and he, he actually knew martial arts. I think that is why And they said he the acting chosen. will come along. <laughs> basically, <laughs> yeah. The other thing is that he's actually taking on a very difficult role for uh, an accomplished actor. He's playing... A man who basically uh, sets aside his own culture and upbringing and adopts a different one, and so he's playing a black man trying to incorporate Chinese culture. He's trying to adopt the dress. He, he's trying to adopt their way of speaking. That's why he talks funny. So he's trying to do that. Plus, he's playing a guy who's uh, shy and socially awkward, which I'm pretty sure the, the the actor who played him wasn't, but he did it very well. So it's like, because when I saw this movie, I saw me in him, because even though I don't know Kung Fu, I was extremely shy and socially awkward. All those, the way he uh, talked to women in that movie, that was me when I was growing up. I was like, yeah, I this, I understand this dude, because he's acting like I act so when I'm around can people. understand. Right, right, right. <laughs> So uh yeah, so he he's basically uh he, he's he's doing a lot, you know, for somebody right. who's never acted before, he's doing uh, a whole lot. So uh, uh I, I like the humor in the movie. I like I, I like the way that they had the separate storylines and they, they had brought them together. Uh, especially like show enough, the show is gonna follow him. He's yeah. an absolute clown. Funny thing about him. No one else could play these characters. Like, if they would have put other people for these two characters, I don't think the movie would have worked. Well, we're we're going to get into that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it was, uh, it, it was, uh, so he was kind of a clown. And he, he went on, that particular actor went on to do uh, some good things. But uh, he didn't have any martial arts experience, which, which was surprising. So with the main character, they went with somebody who knew martial arts. And for the the uh the villain or the adversary they didn't actually care <laughs> i guess they got him because he's he's super tall so mm-hmm. i think that was the reason why they got him and um basically uh his, his journey uh, another thing that uh i really uh liked about this movie the thing that captivated me is that when you look at the trailers you see the glow that they show at the end of the movie so that's the thing that he was looking for all along. Yeah, the so, glow. Right, right. So because it's like in the beginning, if you never see the commercial, you didn't know that was what he was talking about. So because he's looking for the glow and you see it in a commercial. So it looks like Star Wars. It looks like people fighting with lightsabers. And that's like, I was so hyped for that. <laughs> it's like Star Wars, except it's karate. It's karate in Star Wars. I got to watch this movie. <laughs> so 
uh, in the main story, uh, you have Leroy, and his entire objective is to get this glow. And he explains to Lord Charles, like in uh, in the scene that they had together, it's like you know, if somebody can attain this glow, just imagine the be- the beauty that you can create in a world. He wanted to do this. It was like a real dream of his. But first, he had to find somebody to teach him how to reach the glow. He had, so he was with his master in the very beginning of the movie and his master was going through some training exercises and his master says, I'm done being your master. And Louis was like, well, I, I, I didn't get the glow. You said I'd be, there'd be a glow. It's like, okay, well, I'm done teaching you. You have everything that you master have. said he was going to go see his mom in Miami. <laughs> right, right. He said, you have everything that you have to, to get to, to reach the glow. You have it. And uh, Leroy just didn't understand what the master was trying to tell him. So he's like, okay, here, take this, take this thing and you go show this thing to this other master and he'll teach you, you know, what basically what Instead happened. Instead of just telling him it's all in your mind, he, he sent him on a, a he did tell funky him, but goose he, chase. He did tell him, but Leroy was not accepting it. He said, I told you everything I need to tell you. I'm done teaching you. So but that- he went all, like in any other like kung fu movie, they go all around the way and speaking all these um, you know, phrases. Just tell him it was all in his mind. Right. So uh, probably because he didn't think Leroy would take it. So anyways, uh, so he basically sends Leroy on a wild goose chase to, uh, and then Leroy finds that the master is actually a computer. Now, let's get into this computer, shall we? Uh, this whole scene. So the keepers, the computers in a cookie, uh, the fortune cookie factory. For- fortune cookie factory are run by three, I guess, Chinese guys or Asian guys at least. So here's the thing about it. These three Asian guys were acting like black people. Leroy was stereotypical <laughs> black people. Right. How they thought black people acted. Well, no, actually, this is they. They're in. New York, right? So everybody in New York that they encounter is going to act like that. They want to be, they don't want to, they probably seen other black people. Yeah, but they it's didn't still want an to be, exaggeration. They didn't want to be regular black people. They wanted to be cool black people. So they acted like they thought cool exactly. black people act. So yeah, it is stereotypical, but it's like you have a dude, a black dude that's trying to act like a stereotypical, you know, uh, kung Asian, fu master. Yeah. And then you have the Chinese dude trying to act like a stereotypical street black kid, and then you have these two come together. I'm like, and this is just incredible. It's incredible that somebody would put this together. And then later on in the scene, you have the black dude trying to be an Asian dude, dress up as a black dude. Right. <laughs> it's like it's like Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder. I'm a dude trying to pretending to be a dude, pretending to be another dude. That's right. <laughs> it was just crazy. And so he finally finds uh, finds out uh, that he sent on a wild goose chase. Now he goes confront his master. His master's like, I told you everything I needed to tell you. I don't know what you want from me. He didn't say those. I'm just paraphrasing. So yeah, and, and uh, so he still doesn't understand that he's already finished his journey. He doesn't understand because he doesn't actually see the glow. So in other parts of the storyline, you have Eddie Arcadian. He kidnaps uh, What's-His-Face. Uh, Lord Charles, he desperately, he has his own star. He's a producer. He's desperately trying to get his star video played on Lord Charles' show because Lord Charles is popular. You get her video played on the show. She gets upvotes or whatever they did back in the 80s. And then he thinks her career would take off. But uh, it's it's not 
it's not uh it's not happening because Lord Charles like this is trash. I don't want to play it on my show. It's just like it's not it's not for my show. But it's like Eddie Arcadian, he's an egomaniac. He doesn't take no for an answer. Kidnaps Lord Charles. Decides to just take over her show, and then and then at the same time set a trap for Leroy because Leroy because he's kidnapped Lord Charles a couple of times before, <laughs> either kidnapped him or tried to kidnap him. And every time he's done that. Leroy Green just happens to be in the way and um and 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 stops his uh and and interferes with what he's trying to do with Lord Charles. So now he wants to set a trap to kill Leroy Green by having a bunch of dudes beat him up. Uh so and the trap works. He goes in there, he has to fight find fight a bunch of dudes. Leroy happened to have a dojo, and this is the scene that Zach is talking about. His favorite scene in the movie when Leroy's getting beat up, and all the students come rushing in. They all start mixing up, getting in the fight, and then next thing you know, you had uh, people who didn't know how to fight now suddenly know how to fight. You had little kids beating up adults. It was glorious. It was glorious. And the fighting was whack, too. Fighting no, was the fighting whack. was awesome. Yes, was. I mean, like, it's funny, but it was like, we can tell this is fake. Well, if it's a little kid beating up adults, yeah, I get it. But when you had Leroy, Leroy was but doing But even the thing. flips and stuff that they was doing, how yeah. I'm like, man, like, come on. At least, like, it was just... No, uh, I, I no. disagree with you there. It was fun and it was awesome. It was like they were <laughs> picking them up, flipping them like, but let me not flip them too hard. I'm putting them down soft. I'm like, yeah, come on. The, the big Santa Claus dude or whatever his thing, the, with the big dude, it was kind of weird how he just didn't body slam him. He just kind of laid him down. That was kind of weird. I'll give you that. And then the little flip, <laughs> flip zero but was also, doing, like, just get him. Also, on. you can't eat nunchucks. Okay, you can't bite into and eat nunchucks, which he did. There's a lot of things that two people doing just wasn't physically possible. But but it, I'm looking at it from today's eyes. I'm quite sure, <laughs> like I said, at two years old, it wouldn't have mattered to me. But I'm quite sure if I was like 12, 13 in the 80s, I would have been like, you're like, oh, this is good. <laughs> and today's eyes, like, nah, son. So, uh, also, uh, what was the other thing that was going on? You had, um, so he goes and, uh, Rescue the girl. Oh, no. Uh, the end of the movie when you finally meet Shona. So this is the crux of the moment uh, when he fights Shona. And, you know, it's a pretty basic even fight. And then um, there's a point where he knocks Shogun down and he thinks the fight is over. Next thing you know, he... Rookie mistake. Yeah. And then he hears his name called and he got... Shogun shows up. He has a glow on Leroy is beside himself. And I thought that was awesome. I was like, he has a glow? Where's my glow? And I ain't got the glow. I've been, I've been good. It's like a kid who's good all year and didn't get what he wanted for Christmas. That's exactly what he acted like. And it's like he was still willing to fight, but he was so demoralized. It's like he, it's like he didn't know how it was going to go on. And then He's getting drowned. Right. He got to the point where Shogun got him in some mysterious vat of water and then demanding that Leroy tell him, affirm that Shogun is the master. And, and even though uh, he was being drowned, Leroy would not capitulate. He wouldn't say that the Shogun was the master. So he's up there being drowned. And while he's being drowned, he's having flashbacks. The next thing you know, it finally gets to him that he has all he needs to be a master. And he has everything that he needs to be uh, to have the glow. So the one thing that he was missing was to believe in himself because he never believed in himself. Can we go back to him getting drowned real quick? Yeah. So remember before he had all the blood in his face, you know, because he was getting beat up. 
And then as he knows getting dunk, he has the blood still in his face. And then when he starts to realize that he had it in his mind all this time, now all of a sudden his face is all clean, no yeah. blood or nothing, no bruises. Yeah. I'm like, come on, son. I'm thinking the glow cleaned it up. He came out there and it was like, who's the master? And Leroy was like, I am. <laughs> and then, you know, Shogun gets mad and he hits Leroy, catches a punch. I am the master. Starts crushing. He started getting the golden glow. Like, yeah, he got it. That's when I started getting hyped. Lost my mind as a little kid. You ever see a little kid lose his mind? Yes. That was me. <laughs> totally gone bonkers. He got the glow. And then he started uh, giving him Shogun, Shogun a heart of the business. He was glowing gold. But then when he hit, he hit with blue sparks. It was it was glorious. He won. Then uh, Arcadian tried to hit him. Remember in the very beginning of the movie, why was the Shogun so angry at Leroy? You remember Zachary? Yeah, because he was like, I'm sick and tired of these Superman stories talking about how you can catch a bullet. Right, how you can catch bullets with your teeth. How you catching bullets with your teeth. And at the end of the movie, see, that was a foreshadowing. That was a glorious foreshadowing. And at the end of the movie, he gets shot. Comes up, he had a bullet in his teeth. <laughs> Beat up early arcade and got the girl. And the girl promised to show him some move. Oh, also, let's talk about the girl real quick. That's another subplot. Um, Lord Charles really tried to get <laughs> Leroy. She was trying so hard. She was trying harder than any girl I've ever seen trying to get some dude. <laughs> and he was so socially awkward and nervous around women that he had no idea what to do. She knew what she wanted. And she was going after what she right. wanted. Yeah. So, it's like... <laughs> she knew... She knew him. Oh, she, knew, she knew he was shy. So that's yeah. why she was trying so hard. She knew that she had to try extra hard because dude was super sour. But she was, uh, she was ready. At any, she would have, she would have did him in the studio. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. That that was her but plan. But she wasn't your typical damsel in distress. I mean, like kind of, sort of, but not really because, like, when the dude was like, you know, you're gonna play this, and she was like, Nah, I ain't playing that. Right, right, you right, know, like, right. It's trash. She, she, and then the lady saved her, like, cause you know he crazy, yeah. calling himself trash, he crazy. Right. Uh, actually, she much like how. Uh, the Shogun wanted everybody to call him Master. Arcadian wanted Lord Charles to play his video. Uh, he wanted, he was trying to get her to submit to his will in the same way yes. the Shogun wanted to get Leroy to submit to his will. They both failed. And that's the way, that way the movie was a success in my mind. So <laughs> let's talk about the typical little brother, you know, jealous of the big brother, wanted the girl that the, you know, the big brother, well, you meant the, the, the little brother that was like, hey, Get your hands off my woman. Yes. I said, get your hands off <laughs> my woman. How was he like, dude, trying to be like, a little Eddie Murphy or something in the movie? It's like uh, 13 trying to get with a 23-year-old. Right. Man. He's not, it's not going to work, son. Uh, just like his friends tried to tell him, uh, the only thing this is going to be is a wet dream for you, so it's not going to work. And he swore he knew so much about women. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you still got Similac behind the ear. You don't know anything about women. <laughs> right, right. He wanted so bad to get Laura. But everybody wanted to get Laura Charles. But he was the, part of the comic relief of right. the movie. Even though the whole movie was comedy. But he As a matter of fact, the hardest part of that movie was when that dude threw the little boy Richie and he landed in a pile of grass trash and his head he landed on the, that cylinder. Yeah. He had that boom. I was like, oh my God. Right, I'm like, he gotta be 
And Leroy Foff was on the brother, like, oh no, that no, son, I'm gonna have to kick him. Ah, oh, nah, this is done. Dude, you're done. Your your time is over in this world. And so he beat up that dude. Oh, but let's talk about the the glory cry, the Denzel cry, like oh. <laughs> <laughs> when Richie was telling him that it was his fault that they came by, that showing up came by, you know, ruined the the restaurant, whatever. Right. And you know. The dad just standing there, and then, of course, the mama going to come hug him. Right. And then, you know, his eyes is welling up, and that one little tear. Right, right. <laughs> That's what Denzel got that from. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I think Denzel was a master before all of that. He was, I'm just saying, but it was just like, you're like, when that little tear just trickled down, but like, oh, that's, that's that Denzel. You get you get Denzel in the right movie. You, you get the waterworks right there. <laughs> so, uh... Let's move on. Let uh, what's the next segment? The trivia. The trivia. Let's go on to the see. That's why I have you here because mm-hmm. I'll be forgetting. So we yep. just having a good time, just jaw jacking. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, go ahead. Start us off. The movie was a critical failure, but a box office success, making thirty three million against a budget of approximately ten million. It has since become a cult hit. That is correct. During the introductory training sequence, Leroy karate chops an arrow as it soars past him. It was a real stunt that took two hours to get right. <laughs> when filming started, Julius Carey did not practice any form of martial arts. That I find is amazing. Uh, Julius Carey, he played Shogun, Shogun, uh, Shogun of I mean, it shows that he does not practice. Well, he just didn't know. When they say he didn't practice martial arts, that means he didn't know. He didn't know any martial arts. He didn't know how to kick. He didn't know how to chop. He didn't know. Like it shows. Yeah, but... He he was trained well enough. Was like where well, it kind of looked pretty. It looked pretty good, especially when he was fighting Leroy. It looked, it actually looked pretty good. So uh, in 1997, Buster Ron parodied the character Shonuff in his music video "Dangerous." In the video, the music cuts off. Buster proclaims, "Yo, Leroy, I am. Am I not the baddest?" And then repl- replicates Shonuff's first on-screen speech. This is funny because I watched it. It it, it was a. Uh, I love the song, but I rarely watch videos. And I rarely watch videos because it was this, and this, especially in the 80s, this video was just throwing stuff after. It was, I felt like, you, you know how in the, in, the, in the beginning of video games where they give you that uh, warning uh-huh. about uh, the lights might yep. give you epileptic? Yep. I thought I was going to go into an epileptic fit watching that video. <laughs> but this video wasn't in the 80s, though. No, he was replicating yeah. the the the, the uh, well actually the movie the, the video wasn't at all about the um what you call it right. about the movie. It's just that in that one part of the video, the music absolutely stops. You see Buster Ron dressed up as Shona and talking about am I not the prettiest, am I not the baddest? So that's that's what that's what the uh yeah that's what they're talking about. And then in the rest of the video, the video continues, but then in the video I think you see him as Shona doing some of the fighting. So uh what was the other? Oh, and do you see? Did you see? Um, have you seen the Amber Ruffian show? Who was that? So Amber Ruffian is one of the writers of uh, Late Night with uh, Seth. She black or white? She's black. Late Late Night with Seth. Uh, what's his name? Anyway, that's the lady on Instagram that I be seeing on Instagram. Sometimes she has a big afro. Sometimes it has a part. I think so. I don't. I don't find her too funny. Well, you you should see. I, I just watched clips of her show. I haven't seen her whole show, but I just watched clips of her show. But anyway, she dressed up as Shogun on one of the segments of her show one time. And then you watch Blackish. 
Yes. So you remember uh what's his name? Uh the the dude that ain't wrapped too tight that worked Dion. Dion. He dressed up as Shogun in real life for Halloween a, a couple yes. of years ago. <laughs> this just shows how iconic that uh Shogun is. So uh what was the thing I was gonna say about oh so just look up Amber Ruffin real quick. You see what I'm talking about. Um Go ahead. Uh, the character Angela Vicaro was pat uh, pattern pattern yeah pattern after Cindy Lauper. Oh my God, that's so bad. Cindy Lauper. Cindy. That's who it is. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, like when she was singing and stuff, I was like in that voice. Right. And I right. Was like, right. Yes, Cindy Lauper, and then like she was all those bright colors. Right. And stuff. Right. 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 She was Harley Quinn before there was a Harley Quinn. Yes. <laughs> so you don't know who Cindy Lauper is. No. After this, look up, look it up. You don't this. know Cindy Lauper and time after time, like basically, like they should have given her. She should have had more of a spotlight than Madonna. That's what know. I feel like because she was more talented than Madonna. Yeah, I, I will have to say that. But then Madonna had. Uh, she eventually. Madonna she just went off the rails her. and just started doing she, explicit things. Well, she kind of up. No, she was. I think she was explicit from the beginning, but she kind of upped her uh her game when she did uh Evita or whatever that was because she took more music lessons or whatever. And but she, she still can't sing and still can sing. <laughs> so, and then that's why she's around here down on Lady Gaga, talking about Lady Gaga bit her style, but Lady Gaga can actually sing. Right, that is true. So, Lady Gaga. Yeah. Not only can Lady Gaga actually sing, but she. She changes her style. She doesn't stay she the does. same. She does. But I'm just mad she had that big old pigeon on her um, dress at the inauguration. <laughs> like, what the that. heck was that? <laughs> but I bet she sounded good. No, actually, it, she was okay. I was surprised. I was like, I was expecting her to sound better than what she did. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne and Wesley Snipes lobbied hard for the role of Leroy Green. So you mentioned about acting. So imagine how much better. The acting would have been if they got either Lawrence Fishburne or Wesley Snipes. It would have. The acting may have. But again, it would would not have been the same movie. And it probably would not have been as big as it, as it is. I'm just... The bad acting actually helped. <laughs> I don't know. Wesley Snipes, it, it would have been perfect for him because he knows martial arts. But it would have been not, too serious. I don't probably. think this was meant to be a serious movie. I mean, like, give you martial arts, but also give you some... Some comedy, well, so I think he would have made it too serious. So I think that <laughs> that's that's the, probably true. The, the guy that who did this was perfect for it. Right. Bad acting and all. Also, uh, go ahead, Zachary. Daniel Washington auditioned for both Leroy and Show Enough. No. Yeah, he auditioned for both Leroy and Show Enough. Definitely not. I'm glad. No. I'm glad he did not get this role because <laughs> yeah, that that would not have worked. Actually. He, he would have did a great show now. Not maybe not a Leroy. Okay, maybe a show now because in training that he is kind of funny. Like you oh know my what I'm saying? God. Like he's Just hilarious. Anytime he's a bad guy. Yeah, remember, he's hilarious. Remember so. I mentioned a soldier story. He is also a kind of antagonist in a soldier story. Anytime he plays an so, antagonist, he's absolutely he's threatening. Funny. Yeah, so yeah. He, he probably could have did a show now, but right. as far as a Leroy, no, nah, he couldn't have did Leroy. <laughs> Uh, Jim Brown, Fred Williamson, Ron O'Neill, Billy D. Williams, Carl Weathers, and Jim Kelly were considered for the role of show enough. Jim Kelly uh, didn't want to play a villain, and I don't know. To me, that's kind of uh, that's a kind of mistake on Jim Kelly's part. Jim Kelly is a famed black martial artist. He we love Jim Kelly. I mean, I mean Kelly. He's been in uh, uh, I think four or five kung fu movies, but. 
It's like he's an icon to the black audience. And then if he had been in this movie, this movie would have uh would have been even herald even more than it is already. But uh he he didn't want to play a villain. Who does that? Well, some people I in this movie he probably would have been good because like and this one, he wouldn't have gotten stereotyped because it's a comedy. It's not like it was something serious where you play a villain and the people all your career were like, I don't, if I see you in the streets, I'm getting you. You know what I'm saying? Right. Not so, only that, but, but it's like he's been playing good all this time. So right. having one role as a villain it ain't going to kill you. Right. And like I said, in this type of movie, because it was a funny movie, no one is going to be like, I see you in the streets. <laughs> right, it's, right, it's me right. and you. It's on site. You right, know, Because right. it's a comedy. Right, right. Leroy Greaves teaches Chinese Goju, created by Tai Tai Mox. Taiba Tai Mox. Uh huh. Instructor and close friend, a uh, close friend, uh, Ron Van Cleef. Tamak also trained in Jeet Kune Do, and continued after filming ending. So uh, I don't actually know what Chinese Goju is, uh, but do you know what Jeet Kune Do is? No. Uh-huh. I'm just gonna. Try to make a random guess. It's almost like Taekwondo, but completely different. You could say that, but no, I don't think that's the correct answer. Lori, do you know the correct answer? Um, I do not. I just know karate and Taekwondo <laughs> because that's what I had Christopher in. Jeet uh, Kune Do was the martial arts that was invented by Bruce Lee. It was uh, on his gravestone. That's the only accolade that he has. Is uh, mm-hmm. Here lies Bruce Lee creative uh jeet kundo uh so that is the martial arts where he teaches people to uh be water it's like you have and that, that's how he explains his fighting style it's like no not like not exactly like that but it's like if you put water in a round bowl uh the water becomes round if you put it in a square container the water becomes square be water my friend is what he said uh Another Bruce Lee, one of my favorite quotes, he said, it's, I'm paraphrasing, but he said something like, um, don't pray for an easy life. Pray for, uh, what did he say? Pray for uh, a hard life that you can overcome the difficulties. or something like that. I got to look at the quote again. I'm messing everything up. <laughs> yeah, please look, look it up. Because ain't nobody out here praying for a hard life. I don't care if you can overcome it. Nobody wants a hard life. No. So, uh, what's that? Go look at that for me. Uh, just start typing in the quote. It should show up. Um, Let Google be your best friend. Yeah, Google is your best friend. <laughs> start off with typing, uh, don't pray for a hard life. Instead, pray for, and then and then type Bruce Lee, and then something should pop up. Anyway, let's talk about what the critics think. Uh, it didn't have a Metacritic score, uh, but on Rotten Tomatoes, critics gave it a 58%. Audience score was 86 So, audience... The black audience that watched this movie loved this movie. Uh, the critics uh, almost gave it. It was almost certified fresh. It was so close. So close to certified fresh. You have a comment, my son? Oh, yeah. So the quote you're looking for is, do not pray for an easy life. Pray for the strength to endure a difficult one. Yes. That is a beautiful quote. I love it. That you definitely only got the first part right. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's true. I only got the first part right. So, uh, Gene Sisko, remember we talked about Gene Sisko? Gene Sisko is my man's in them. He's my, he gets us. He gets me. He understands me. Who is us? <laughs> well, like people us? like me. Uh, nerds the, United. Not, not, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say not really nerds, but, you know, people that are less sophisticated, less. The socially less, awkward people. No, not, not socially awkward. I'm just saying, like, 
the regular people who go watch movies, not the not the people that go to overanalyze movies to try to just the people who enjoy right going to the theater, like right. to the movies right. and watching right. movies. Yeah, he's he's one of us. So Gene Zisco of the Chicago Tribune, he said or he wrote, "The Last Dragon is the first and foremost a romantic comedy and a very sweet one at that, and that's why its martial arts combat scenes work so well." We've been given enough time to care about who's kicking the stuffing out of whom. And then we have his partner, Roger Ebert. Now, we've talked about this joke before. Roger Ebert is way more sophisticated. He thinks he is more sophisticated. You talked about him, and it's only you who don't like him. <laughs> he thinks he's more sophisticated than he already is. Oh, highfalutin with his flowery words and his four-syllable uh, words and stuff thinking that he all know stuff. And this joker, who writes for the Chicago Sun-Times, wrote, it's so entertaining, I could almost recommend it. If it weren't for the, an idiotic subplot about a gangster and his girlfriend, a division that brings the movie to a dead halt every eight or nine minutes, which is like, if it's so entertaining, Wait. why can't you not recommend it? It's Wait. entertaining. I feel like he was watching a different movie because he said a gangster and his girlfriend. Well, Eddie Arcadian is basically a gangster. Yeah, yeah, he's the gangster and the the little Cindy Lauper knockoff is the girlfriend. Right, right, right. And he claims that's the subplot, but that's it's actually kind of the point because you have to give a reason for him to confront Leroy. Right. So in order to get him to confront Leroy, he's constantly trying to kidnap Lord Charles and Leroy just so happens to be in a way. <laughs> he just it so all happens. intertwines with each other. Right. It kind of intertwines. So he's, he, in a way, you're right, he is kind of watching a different movie and he's kind of a highfalutin dude. Uh, may he rest in peace. Uh, Walter <laughs> Shaw of The Decider, he wrote, The Charm of the Last Dragon and the key to its lasting potency as a cult object is how it approaches a conversation about race with humor, even kindness. Its self-depreciation forgives a multitude of sins. Uh, that's a pretty sweet um sentiment. I have, I actually don't know what he's written here. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just, just words on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, Trevor Johnston uh, of Time Out he wrote, also known as Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon, and a sure sign that somewhere along the way, the man from Hitsville, USA, lost it badly. Okay, he kind of lost it. I wouldn't say he lost it badly. That's kind of harsh, Trevor. That That's kind of unnecessary. Trevor don't know the audience that this movie is right. for. Right, Trevor it's does not, not for know. his audience. It's for... It, it's, it's for people who love music, who love kung fu, and who want to celebrate. And who black, loves Motown. Right, who love Motown. Black that's, folks. Right, that's <laughs> who this movie is for. So uh, so that that's what he didn't understand. But, um, yeah, so that, that was what the critics thought. Oh, I just wanted to mention, I was supposed to mention this at the top of the episode, but this is uh, not good with time. See, we record this. This show was recorded uh, five days ago, five or six days ago, depending on when you're listening to this. It will come out uh, on Saturday. Hold on. Let me look at a calendar. This show you should be hearing on Saturday uh, the 13th. So, uh, and we're so recording let's this give me a shout out now for my birthday since my birthday is on the 12th. Woo-hoo. Happy birthday, Lori. Guess what's a clap? 
So, um, so uh, I didn't real. So the, the last episode came out uh, on six. That was uh, what you call it under siege, uh, and not not uh, what you would call a movie for Black History Month. <laughs> Maybe Veterans Day. <laughs> So uh so we missed the first week of Black History Month, but we're gonna soldier on. This is gonna be the first of four movies that we're gonna use to celebrate Black History Month. So uh Lean this... on Me should be next. <laughs> what what'd you say? Lean on me. Cause that is definitely for the culture. Well, I had Lean on Me is definitely on the list. But the next movie that I have scheduled is Set It Off with Queen Latifah. Okay, Jada okay, okay, yeah. Or uh, as she was known back then. And uh Vivica A. Fox and the other chick whose name I can never remember. But uh, Elise. Um, what is I know her first name. You're trying too hard. Don't do Elise, it. Elise, but do it. I don't you, know her last you name. You'll be going at it forever. And, I'll remember after this, though. She's but, a good actress, though. She's yeah, a good actress. Yeah, she's a working actress. She's, been work, uh, she's still working, so that's good. And they're all working. And the reason I wanted to look at Set It Off is because the night uh, as I said, we were recording this on the seventh. Uh, it's actually Super Bowl night. Uh, we're recording the, the Super Bowl is playing right now. Uh, we are not a Super Bowl family, but anyways, <laughs> uh, after Super Bowl, Queen Latifah is going to go back to television. She's going to be playing the Equalizer, or the actual Equalizer person, the person that go and beat up bad guys, equalizing stuff for the small folk. And so I wanted to get in to set it off. And then I think after that, it's going to be Lean On Me. And I think after that, it's going to be, uh, and then that last movie is playing in the first week of March. <laughs> <laughs> after that, it's going to be um, either Friday or uh, Boys in the Hood. Uh, I, I haven't actually Ricky! made the final. <laughs> yeah, Ricky! That, that's, because that's hard. That's, you remember, um, you remember when you watched, uh, what's that movie? We watched Juice, Zachary? Yeah. Hold on. Say that to the microphone. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, so it's it's a lot like Juice. There was a lot of movies that were similar that, that kind of came out about young black young black men growing up in rough circumstances. So you have movies like Baby Boy, Juice, Boys in the Hood, Menace to Society. I still never seen Baby Boy, but I've seen most of the other ones. So you want to say something? You have not seen Baby Boy? No, I have not. I just you have yeah, oh lord never got no. around to it. But I I've seen enough black movies to say I was in the culture. I, I just being never got that around. You're going to watch it. <laughs> I'm not gonna you know take your black card. But everybody knows Jody. No, I don't. I don't know oh, Jody. Oh lord. Yeah, all, all I know is, and the reason we've seen this movie uh, that that we I know that we can watch these movies because it's you know I, I'd like to mainly kind of focus, focus on like the action heavy oriented movies but uh Zachary, you remember you seen um what's that movie uh menace to society no not that one that's the wrong movie <laughs> i mean uh you saw uh straight out of compton yeah so Zachary likes straight out of compton so i was like well he if he likes straight out of compton uh he's gonna love some of these other uh culture movie you haven't seen straight see now i need to no question you cannot your take black my black card movie. because first of all that's a new movie it's not a new it came out like four years but ago. it's not like a, a cult class it's not in the culture so it, i have time to see it it's not like if i hadn't seen like boys in the hood minister <laughs> society dead presidents that's when you can be like okay so, don't give me a black card but i'm going to watch <laughs> it here's the thing about uh, i think we even have that one too 
the thing about that movie is that it's a true uh, life yes, story. Yes, it's the um, NWA. Um, NWA. I and it's that. like Zachary did not see the death of Easy E, and that's what tripped me out. Because <laughs> it's like he's seeing this stuff for the first time. I'm just reliving it because I remember right. all of this stuff. You happening. remember all of it, and then, uh, me, I remember something because you know back then, like when it happened, like in the nineties, right, like right. I, you know. But they, they made a egregious, uh, what you call it? They made this egregious omission is that they didn't uh, talk about how, uh, what you call it, um, Dr. Dre had beat up on his video DJ called D. Barnes. So yes. they totally skipped over that because they wanted him to be one of the heroes of the movie. And you can't have the hero of the movie beating the crap out of uh, a woman. Uh, and it's, I, I don't know if it was just him hitting her. Or if it was like a gang of dudes beating her up, right? But, it, but whatever he still it was, hit her. it was bad. And what's funny about it is that on one of on Eminem's first album, that was one of the things that he referenced. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people think that after a while that you have a short memory, but like, nah, because that was like that was in the news. Right, right. That was that in the was news. that was, said, that was rotation the rotation in the right. news. Right, and that that was the thing about it. They covered a lot of the stuff that was in the news. That was one of the things that they chose to skip over. So. But anyway, he liked the, he liked that one. So and then this the movies that we've seen so far are like Juice and uh So you a like Easter store. movies. Black Easter movies. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh like so uh, a soldier story, some some of the harder movies that, that uh had came out back in the day. He enjoyed those, so I figured I would go ahead and do that. So anyways, um that is it. For this here podcast, you got anything more? Nope. That's all I got. You got anything more, Lori? No, but I did enjoy myself. I'm so, glad yeah. you could join us. You're our first special guest. Yay. I appreciate that. Yes. That is it for this episode. Uh, everybody, fam, you guys have a nice one. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. If you love this podcast, share it with somebody. And uh, write a review. Give us five stars. Five stars this time when you have a podcast. And when you go out there, be careful and be outstanding. Thank you.